Out! Hunt! 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 All Packers, all the time. He has come light years in the last two months, and people should be over the moon excited about that. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically, up. or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. It's Jason Wilde on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Always great to check in with our friend and teammate, Jason Wildey. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? Hello, friends. Hello. I'm good. We've been talking about the Packers announcing the the CEO slash president. (laughs) He just called you your friend. You just basically called him your enemy, Chew. No, I didn't. You said, hello, Newman. It's like calling someone your enemy. Pimple popper MD over there. Jason loves Uh, Seinfeld. I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, it's true. All right, sorry, Mark Mark Murphy. I'm sorry, this is totally my fault. <laughs> no, it's 100% not. 100% my fault. Not on Chewy, it's totally on me. <laughs> Let me get everyone, especially me, refocused. This Mark is such Murphy. garbage that Chewy just gets... Gabe takes blame and Jason now takes blame for Chewy. He's doing it himself. No, but I mean, the expectation no, for is Chewy is Chewy doesn't get in trouble. <laughs> Like, but I know this going in. Now Jason also knows this. So, you know, we got we to gotta protect the big guy. Got to protect our stars. No doubt about it. That's what we do here. Okay, then. <laughs> well, and, and Let's go to you commercial. Sound, you, you, you sound like Brian Gumble on uh, Real Sports. I love that line. Let's move on. Let's move on. So let's move on. How soon before you think they fill this position and get somebody in there? The guys have informed me that they want this to be a sort of shadowing opportunity where they bring the person in and then they can kind of shadow Mark Murphy for an extended period of time before he has to hang him up in July of 2025. So when realistically do you think this hire will be made? Yeah, I just want to confirm that my calendar is right here. It is February of 2024. Right 100%. Now, right? Yes, we are more than I a mean, year out. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know why they felt the need to issue this press release. I saw some of the local stations up here in Green Bay. It was like in the A block of their newscasts, and I'm kind of like, in the in the immortal words of the great American orator Mark Tauscher, "No blank, blank." Like there was nothing. And I, I'm in a group chat with some uh, folks that work in the building and some folks that cover the team with me, and we're all kind of like. This isn't really news. Now, I know you guys are kind of talking about, you know, maybe legacy more than uh, procedural, but like they used Corn Fairy last year or last time when. It's a great uh, name, by the way. Great name. (laughs) Corn Fairy. And it's not even C O R N, it's K O R N. You're going to rock hard on that fairy. Yeah. (laughs) And and then the. Is it like the Grog Cruise? And then the dude that's in charge of it, Jed Hughes, is neither a corn nor a fairy. So misleading. Like, <laughs> very confusing. And I and I gotta be honest, I don't like you really need a headhunting firm to find the president of a football team? Like you're not gonna get qualified candidates without their help? But again, I don't understand it. I've never been a CEO, I never will be a CEO, so who am I to judge? But this this felt like much ado about nothing. Like they're gonna get multiple candidates. The only thing that I thought was interesting is that in their mind, to answer your original question here, is that it's going to be a six to nine month process.
process. So if this is February, then we're looking at somewhere between August, September, October, and November <laughs> that they want to have that next man up or woman, so to speak, for them to then spend the time from November until July, you know, seeing, you know, riding down the sledding hill with Mark and everything else so they can have a better idea what the job entails. That's an epic photo op opportunity, Jason. You're a genius. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Um, I always wonder what I'm here for. Um, I I would just say this, uh, and and I'm not saying that he is the slam dunk, no doubt he's going to be the guy candidate, but if they, I think they need to be careful that they don't overthink this. And it's okay, as you have learned with the quarterback position, to have an heir apparent. And if Ed policy ends up not being the choice, I will be very curious as to why they didn't do that. He has been here a long time. He has NFL uh, executive bloodlines. He was really the point person on their crown jewel of title town. And if they decide that they need to go with someone, they've, and, and he's not a green Bay native. I get that, but he he's been here long enough to appreciate kind of just all the different aspects to being in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as opposed to being in Chicago or New York or San Francisco, et cetera. So uh, I, I, I would hope that they realize that they have the right person. And even if they have some other folks that knock their socks off too, I, I just hope they don't overthink this. All right, Jason, walk me through this. Why does the Packer world, like Bob Harlan over Mark Murphy, both won a Super Bowl, Mike Holmgren over McCarthy, both won a Super Bowl, and Ron Wolf over Ted Thompson, both won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why, why, why is, well, wait a minute, there, what was the question exactly? Sorry. Like, why did, why, why, like, why, Murphy, why is, Murphy, why did, I think, did as much in totality, I mean, uh, Bob Harlan gets credit for for renovating the whole stadium, right? You just didn't finish the question, big guy. <laughs> yeah, what was the question? Yeah. The, the past regime. What yeah, we okay. Were well, no, I, okay. <laughs> All right, let me let me clean this up for you. What is happening today? Let me let me clean this up for the big <laughs> guy. This is so All right, because awesome. I know what he was asking. You I, just stopped I talking. Do too. But I thank you, Jason. You're right like because he, again, he the second, yeah, he did. Uh, well, what this was what passed through regime. my mind, Jason. I'm like, all right, I'm going to hog Jason here for the next ten minutes, and then Gabe <laughs> isn't going to get a question, in, and he's going to be ticked at me for the rest of the show. So, uh, first of all, uh, you know, I, I am fortunate enough, and I should really call him uh, now that I think about it, because I I don't check in with the old people in my life nearly enough with everything we have going on. And But I've, I'm lucky enough to become a friend of Ron Wolf, And uh, he, he scared the crap out of me when I had to call his office and not screw up my questions when I was a young reporter. But I, I think, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he feels like the 96 team does not get nearly enough appreciation and celebration and respect for what it accomplished in today's Lambeau Field ecosystem. And I think he's right. 
Now I can t- I would tell him this. I would tell anyone this. There the the shift at Lambeau Field is symptomatic of how most NFL teams, if not all, I haven't covered them all, obviously, view players today, which is they don't give a damn about history. They want to be celebrated themselves. And so in the meeting rooms, which used to be, you know, plastered photos, sepia-toned photos of greats that played that position previously, now they put up pictures of guys that are in the rooms, which, again, I'm an old person. I don't view it that that should be that way. Right. I think you should have an appreciation for those that came before you and you should want to live up to that uh, level of expectation and excellence. But it is about the guys that are on the team now. I think you can do both. Okay, so I I think Ron feels that the 96 team is kind of lost in the history of they're not the, the Lombardi year Packers and they're not today's team. So they don't necessarily get you know, brought up as much or, or respected as much. That That's the feeling I get when he and I talk. So to your question, when you go 29 years of wandering in the wilderness, and I know you were, you know, in Boston and, and not here, but they really sucked for a large portion of my childhood. And so what made your team special is that you – like Moses, let us out of the wilderness. That's a Christianity reference. And and my issue is that that is a really big deal. And so Bob Harlan, who tried to hire Ron Wolf once before, and the dysfunction of the organization prevented Ron from taking the job and then got him to come the next time when he made it very clear that he'd be running the football operation, uh, hiring Mike Holmgren, who was the hot candidate, that the fact that the Packers got him when he interviewed at a bunch of different places was enormous. Getting Brett Favre, who became obviously a legend, and I was I watched the thirty for thirty again on ESPN about Reggie White. Like that's still that was before I was covering the team. But the fact that Reggie White, who I know they paid him the most, uh, the fact that he came to Green Bay when he was on this tour of all these different teams. Everything that was such a transformative era that now we sit here three decades later, and this is all most people know. So, the reason why Harlan, Holmgren, Wolf, Favre, Reggie are viewed, at least for those of us that have been alive for all this, at a higher level than Murphy, Thompson, McCarthy, Rogers, Woodson is because they came along when excellence had been restored. You guys came along when, I mean, in 91, they were 4-12, and 12, and then they drafted Mark Chimura, and everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is the crowning achievement of Mark Murphy's tenure? Well, they have uh, a hell of a lot of money in their reserve fund, which is one thing. Like, that's not going to be the top item, but they are – you know, they negotiated through COVID. They did everything that the tiniest franchise in American professional sports is on extremely solid financial footing, which should not be underrated. But to me, it's going to be title town and it's going to be getting the draft here. And then down the list a little bit further are the additions to Lambeau field and uh, the success of the team hiring 
LaFleur and Goody, who uh, have not won a Super Bowl, but certainly have continued the successful run of the two regimes that we were just talking about that, that kind of predate them. So he, there's a lot of really very positive things on the ledger for him during his tenure. But, you know, again, I, I think Chewy's right in the mind of those of us that have lived through the last 50 years of Packers football. Um, it is still second to, I mean, Bob Harlan and Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren and Ron Wolf and Reggie saved the franchise. Like I, there is still part of me and I, we all, we don't think about it now, 30 years later, but Peter King has told the story that there, if they had continued down the road, they had been on before that group took over. Uh, there is a belief within the NFL that they would have lost the team and the NFL would have put that team in another market that was far more in their minds lucrative. And now, I mean, they print money over there. So that that should never be understated for that group. Very quickly, Jason, and I want to make sure we're clear on this. How I don't do much anything very quickly. I understand that. That's why I prefaced the question with that statement. <laughs> How much influence does Murphy actually have on football decisions as far as personnel, as far as the draft? I, I know there's a lot of rumblings and whispers and rumors, but I've never actually heard anyone say Mark Murphy stepped in and forced us to do this. So is it just a narrative that's out there? Well, I, I, you know, you know this, Jen. No one, no one would ever come out and say that, right? Like, I, your friend Diana Rossini, I think, does a really good job. Uh, and she, that piece, that stuff, all about the Jets, was really well done uh, with her and was it Connor Hughes that wrote it with her? Um, but the look, no one is ever going to tell uh, us reporters, yeah. Uh, Mark stepped in and demanded that we, I don't know, draft Quay Walker or have that throwback pass that Dontavian Wicks threw on third down. Um, but I, I do think, like, in the Rodgers stuff and some of the other things, he, I think there is a, a belief and people that I have talked to, he has stepped in on that kind of bigger picture stuff. But, no, he's, he's not saying, no, you're drafting Quay Walker. Like, I don't think he does that. I, uh, if, if there is a criticism that I have, it is, and I, I voiced a number of them, including that I don't think they do enough for their fans while they love their narrative about being owned by the fans. I would say it is the fact that he changed the structure of the organization, saying that he was going to make it so there would be fewer silos. And I don't think those silos were fixed. In fact, I think they were reinforced. And it's great that, Mer- that Lafleur and Goody worked fine together. Uh, winning cures a lot of things. I don't think that the operation is as collaborative as it probably should be or as Mark envisioned it. And when hard times hit, uh, you find out whether or not that your structure works. They won a lot of football games this year. Had that continued, though, the way it was going in October, uh, I'm glad that we don't live in the alternative universe there because I think some people would have had a really tough go, but I'm not sure that the structure makes it better. All right, Jason, we appreciate the clarity on that. Thanks for chatting with us. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, uh, tomorrow, in fact. All right, everybody, take care. Be good.
A lot sooner than the Packers will have a new CEO, apparently. All right, Gabe, go ahead. X-Golf is located at American Family Field. It's open year-round. Really cool uh, location inside AmFam Field. It's up a little bit, overlooking left field inside the stadium. So it's a really cool space. If you're looking to host some big event there, you can host that event at X-Golf at American Family Field. Or maybe you're just looking to get over there, sneak some swings in over lunch. You can take advantage of the great lunch specials that they have. Or, because the snow is starting to melt, you're starting to see that grass out there. You want to make sure your game hits the ground running when it is time to play outside. So get some lessons taught by their PGA Pro in Andy Barrett. Book your sim today. X-Golf and FanField.com.